Thank you to Factor for sponsoring this video. Nope, just that you're a gem and you're all gems and I'm, I'm ready to do it uncut. <laughs> that was uncut. Let's get into it. By the way, if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, if you don't mind giving us a rating, greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no, the only, like I said, the only thing I knew about this film was just uh, how stressful it was. How Adam, fun it's supposed yes, to be. exactly. How uh, lighthearted. That, that gif that says, this is how I win, because uh, I've seen it on Twitter oh. a bunch of times, or X, whatever it's called now. Um, and then also, too, that Adam Sandler gives one of his uh, better performances, or even darker performances than normal, um, and... His performance was amazing in this film. Now, his character, I wasn't very fond of, which is the point. You're not supposed to be fond of him. I mean, he just... He, uh, he just clearly doesn't, doesn't have yeah, to stop. Yeah, yeah. He, just, uh, he clearly does not have an arc. He doesn't know. He doesn't ever learn a lesson. Um, I mean, the cycle just always continues. Like every time he gets that little bit of a win, uh, you know, there uh, again the the vicious cycle continues to repeat for him. Yeah, he's um, such but an but what I appreciated about his performance is like no matter how unlikable he was, I, I, I was constantly like kind of what you said. I was rooting for him just so like I could breathe myself. But also, too, just because there he, there was a certain charm about him, too, that I was like, I don't want anything to happen to him as well, even though I'm not fond of him um, in a yeah. sense. But I, I was, it, again, it was a fantastic performance. I thought he was, it was definitely Oscar worthy, in my opinion. I know he didn't get a nomination, which sucks for him, uh, although it's, I know, it's a didn't stupid he award. did say something about, like, if I don't get, if I get snubbed for this, I'm going to go do, like, a hundred crappy movies or something like that? He made, like, a joke. Maybe. Um, I, I, I Maybe. But um, I, I, either way, just uh, fantastic performance. I love when he goes, again, I mean, he's very versatile as an actor. I think comedic actors in general, you know, whether it's Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler, just or Robin Williams. Robin Williams, actors yeah. who uh, have comedic chops, like they've got dramatic chops as well. They're extremely versatile. They can, when, when they go outside their normal range... I mean, they can, sh like, they show it, like, I mean, Jim Carrey, one of my favorite... Special thanks to Moog in the credits, that's oh. funny. Like, Jim Carrey, one of my favorite movies of his is The Truman Show. Uh, Robin Williams, one of my favorite films of his is Dead Poets Society, I mean, these, and uh, Good Will Hunting. I mean, these guys know how to, I mean, yes, they can make us well, laugh. I think there's something about, yeah, playing comedic characters forces you as an actor to find the real, you know, emotion in something heightened, and, and oftentimes you're... You know, the actor has to take that stuff seriously, which in some ways requires more sort of imaginative exploration than just like a really relatable circumstance played normally, you For know? Sure. Yeah, so it's like it's no wonder that so many of these comedic actors have like a wealth of dramatic chops yeah. as well. I just, I think the point I was trying to make is like, obviously, I love all the comedic, or I, I stopped watching. Uh, just being transparent, you here. love I, every single yeah. comedian. Those were real games, apparently. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. They're giving us this the is dates 2012. Here. I kept yeah. forgetting. Yeah, they, they um, up to a certain point, I kind of stopped watching Adam Sandler films because they weren't up to the standard of his older uh, films that I'm just yeah, they're so better near now. and dear. Exactly, so near and dear to my heart. So um, I haven't watched. I kind of stopped at grown ups. And Sorry. they did shoot it on film. Um, I was gonna say it looked authentically grainy. Yeah, but I just wish Adam Sandler would, as much as I love when he 
you know does these comedic roles i i really wish like i think rain on me was rain yeah that's one that i it's love like him and don Cino. don Cino, yeah. yeah like that movie again that performance and then there was a paul thomas anderson film that he was in as well i'm sure you guys will punch let me drunk know. love that was the one Which i also have but not again phenomenal performance uh, the dude scott acting chops yeah I, I just i really wish and i get it like hey he probably just it's just more of his comfort level to just do comedic roles but i just really wish he would do more roles like this uh he was absolutely phenomenal the acting in the movie overall was really really good uh clearly he i mean he's the movie he's the standout um i loved his performance in the movie not his character <laughs> would you would oh, yeah. you, you think of uh the film oh no i mean i was gripped the the entire time it's impossible to kind of separate yourself from it once it's uh g- getting going and uh yeah, I mean, I echo everything you said about Adam Sandler. Like, he really brought this role to life. He really felt like this guy, and especially in a film that requires him to be playing. Like, he has to be playing a number of things under the surface because this is a guy who is always working a situation, playing mm-hmm. an angle, trying to smooth something over, and he's always got, like, three different pots cooking more than that, oh, even, at the same time, <laughs> and all these just overlapping circumstances. And so there's so much from him, as well as everybody else, but especially through him, that has to come with, like, watching this guy's wheels spin and trying to find, like, who is the real guy inside of this person and and he's all over the place you know it's interesting that scene where he breaks down like he is this incredibly sort of warped and and kind of sad human being and yeah you watch as like the circumstances ebb and flow and how he just can't help this is a character who cannot help himself at any junction and he's always trying to and he's always again playing an angle and trying to you know be under the the guise of oh helping multiple people we're all gonna be making money we're all gonna benefit from this just you watch i know what needs to be done you just gotta trust me and uh and like yeah no reward yeah and uh and yeah it's an interesting portrait of i mean like an addict of so many varieties i mean like gambling certainly but yeah just a guy who who just cannot help these situations that he gets himself into. And, and this, uh, (laughs) when I was watching breaking bad, I I was struck with this idea that I'm like, this is a show that's like largely about like points of no return and just how many of those there can be. And this was one of those movies that echoes a similar quality where I'm like, man, there were so many points of no return that you could have turned back at when he got that money from KG the last time they finally made the <laughs> deal. It. I'm like, you could pay this off and at least like reset at, at, at semi normal. And you still yeah. got the other guy outside. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so stress inducing and he has to be this like constant through line. And yeah, it's like you both, because you see the whole portrait and you see him between all these different characters, you know, you know, uh, it's like we get to know him also through all the other people, too, and like what little slivers of his life they occupy. And so, yeah, it's like watching him get um, uh, 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 contrite and, you know, wanting to resolve things with his wife and you find out later he's got at least three kids and, you know, you see the the guy inside who could be him being like, you know, I just want to come home and, and I'll and I'll you know stop seeing my mistress and I'm going to be, you know, just around and we're going to make this work. And, and I love you. And it's like you can almost you can feel in the moment that even he probably wants those things to be true. And there's probably some part of this, you know, you sit here through this whole movie going, how did he? 
get to how did he's they, at. Yeah, how did they get to... Well, and how did he and his wife even get together and get right, to this point right, and and right. and what brought them together in the first place and and what does this girl see in him and i get that more and it seems like the way they play it like she actually does i don't know have some legitimate attraction to him but at the same time you're like how much of this is tied up in business and and everything else and the way he's willing to be like no you know get out of my life you know you're you're you know in this position of of you know trying to use your wiles and your body to try and make a sale which i'm sure isn't the first time that that would have happened to that character or just in general in this line of business uh and then him coming back to her and be like no no i love you and everything's going good again like yeah this is a guy who is just like so like imprisoned in the current moment that he's in and it's yeah. always a nexus point of like a thousand different interests yeah and uh and yeah it's a yeah it's a fascinating portrait because you're like where's the real guy and i guess all of this is the real guy yeah i'm going to talk about the broken household in a sec sure. I, i'm just curious in your interpretation on uh what do you think happened with uh, Julie? I believe her name was the one who was in love with uh, Adam Sandler, the one who worked for him. What do you think happened? Uh, so she collected the money there, got into the limo. Do you think the guy who shot Adam Sandler and Arno, do you think he was just waiting for her to come back? And, like, I'm just curious what your interpretation is on, did Julia go back there? Or like, who knows? It's left ambiguous. We have no idea. Don't know. Yeah, I mean... Because uh, I'm just like, I was playing... You know, scenarios in my head, I have no idea. I know it was left open-ended, like, it's up she's to interpretation. Go, yeah, it's like, she's not going to get that plane ticket, and he's not going to answer his phone yeah, ever. That's so the like, problem. He's not going to answer his phone, so clearly something has happened, because he answered the phone, like, right before he got shot. Yeah, and she was smart enough to have, you know, that guy upstairs yeah. bring out the money, so... Maybe I, she I, just lived a happy life with that money. That's know. my hope. <laughs> that's my hope, because well, again... a happy life without him. Oh, sure. And I mean, that was the thing is, is this is also a movie that kind of forces you to wonder and kind of try and gaze beneath the surface and be like, okay, who is, who is the real anybody here? Except for like Kevin Garnett. Like, and I really loved his performance. Yeah, like, yeah. like I love the surprise of like, oh, this is a, a, you know, somebody not known for acting who I, is capable of like showing up and being really yeah. natural. And, and like, I, I thought he was a really fun presence and like one of the few breaths of fresh air in that like. It seems just like there was very little bullshit with that character. For sure. Uh, whereas everybody else, even, you know, the wife and the kids, it's like they're all aware of these multiple layers of existence mm -hmm. that this guy occupies. That, yeah, I was, I was about to get into that there. Yeah. I, I love that scene that they showed where, you know, she's like making chicken or whatever in the microwave. And then there's not a lot of lines of dialogue. It's just more facial emoting on like. They're just so used to this behavior from from him, and, and and probably used to him taking an interest only when he knows things are especially bad. Yeah, at like the the you know time where it's like, well, good that you're concerned now, but it's a little late for that. Yeah, know? for sure. But then I I love that even though it was, I I know you could say it's mean, but it's like he like that line she said like you are the most annoying person i've ever met i hate your face or whatever the, that line was, I get it. was like yeah <laughs> I no completely I, I, get I, it. it's, it's hard to say that's mean when it's <sighs> like he deserves it and i get it um so it's just like yeah um like yeah and the, to your point like how did they get together like i got to imagine there was a point where he oh, wasn't three kids like, man yeah and three kids like it or wasn't, more, wasn't that, I, I thought I caught one line with uh, the guy who, I gotta see if that was a Safty. There was the the guy who got all the autographs afterwards who was with, uh, I think it was Arno and, and 
uh, his dad and stuff. Like, did he even call him dad at one point? I was like, how big is this dude's family? Yeah. And how did, like, yeah, how did you get even the time to conceive of a family? Did they say what uh, his dad, because his dad was in a Rolls Royce, so clearly they came from, they had money. Did they, did they, uh, yeah. they say yeah. what his dad did? or I didn't catch it if they oh, did, okay. but, but I mean, certainly at least familiar with this world. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, it seemed like they all kind of got a sense for what this stuff I th- was. I thought that was a great reveal, too. And again, unless there was dialogue because I was so stressed induced and maybe we just missed it. But like just seeing the reveal of Arno as his brother-in-law. Sure. That oh, was Pom, Pom Clementief was in this somewhere. Was she really? Yeah, apparently. Who the hell was she? Look out. She was that, Lexus. Gotta go back and find Lexus. <laughs> yeah, which which scene was she? I mean, I, I thought I would have recognized her. Yeah. Uh okay. Either way. She I guess she didn't look like Mantis, so we didn't That's recognize right. her. Without the antenna, yeah. you just never know. But I mean I recognized her right away in Dead Reckoning Part One. Sure. But I mean, I don't know why. Damn feel so upset i didn't recognize her in this it's all um, good it's all good well neither of us did i guess but um yeah no i thought that was an interesting reveal seeing aren't like but not like it was like giving us a little shroud of mystery like seeing like arno is just this guy that he owes like i just figured he's just this bookie that he owes money yeah, to exactly. and then seeing him beat the crap out of them at the recital or whatever and then throw him in the trunk naked yeah and then the reveal like then they're at the passover dinner it's like wait is it then in my so head great. i was like wait is that Arnold was like, no, 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 why would Arnold yeah. be at a family? He wouldn't be at a family thing with them. And then, just have a remarkably similar face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I would just wasn't familiar with the actor. And then like, oh, shit, it is Arnold. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is that is interesting. We're hitting right there. Uh, yeah. just, I was not expecting that. So, I mean, that was definitely an, an interesting reveal for sure. Uh, yeah. That I, I didn't see coming. Quicksilver would say, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and also too, uh, there was a, a couple times there at the beginning and at the end there those transitions. I think he had the one that went into the opal, is that yeah. what it was called, into the opal, and then it went out of the col- uh, the colon, and then the last yeah. one, and then the last and then one uh, the was hole. into the bullet hole, and then into the the opal. So I guess it came around full circle with with that, right? Yeah, well, and it, and it highlights this sort of physical intermingling of like you know again. It, on a cosmic sense you're going like submolecular you're you're both traversing the beauty that is held like within this you know precious stone and in a way to me that was heightening like you know kind of the mythology that everybody heaps on top of it but yeah. also yeah you're intermingling with like at the end of the day all these are you can break everything down to the same building blocks so yeah. it highlights like an interesting existential question i yeah. think that this that this movie kind of has running underneath it all cuz you start out with the mining accident uh that leads to them unearthing you know this stone that's going to travel so far and you, you start like it's an interesting prologue and we mention them and we have like the african jews conversation and stuff like that but yeah it's like this this really stark and striking like reminder of and they have that whole talk about like oh a hundred thousand dollars is like 50 lifetimes to these people like the yeah, cycle of yeah, of quite a speech then, yeah just like the cycle of of kind of i, I don't know 
a horror <laughs> that it, it comes out of the whole commodifications of, the, of these things and the fact that, yeah, like these are sourced in completely unethical ways or often very unethical ways. They can be. Uh, and, you know, you got these people, these brokers who are trying to flip them and sell them for, you know, way bigger profits than they're willing to give to the person who got them the stones in the first place. And those people aren't seeing any of the profits. And like it's this whole nasty cycle and you see like the most harsh real situation in the mind and then you cut to like all this bullshit <laughs> just like people you know like li living and dying and, and betting and winning and losing on and by again just a rock like a beautiful precious rock but also just like that has all this just mumbo jumbo heaped on top of it from like, yeah. oh, we're disagreeing about like what this such and such an appraiser says about the value. But all oh, right. like Kevin Garnett thinks that this thing is like giving him, you know, like a boost, some kind of spiritual boost to his game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and yeah, it's like for those miners at the beginning, like this is real and probably a lot of people going to die like trying to or, or are going to be named trying to, you know, start the cycle in the first place. Yeah, we and, like, saw that guy at the beginning, too, with the bone protruding from his legs yeah. So, yeah and to go from that and then like to have everything transpire only for that one guy to come out and it's like the, again playing the faces while you got the guys in the cell and you're cutting to them and you can see arno kind of like at first he's you know really not with it at all and then as the game goes and as howard's doing his thing and he's you know carrying on and, and really kind of hyping up the energy you can see him kind of come around to the idea of like this guy's insane but he did. But, but somehow, man, like when the chips are down, he he finds a way to pull it out. And then the other guy, you're like, yeah, he's he just pissed off. The he's dude. yeah. And, and and then you realize like, ah, these two goons like they don't need they don't need this. And they're probably willing to go to greater lengths than either of you are, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, and that's another thing, too, is like the real physical consequences of all this bullshit and all this rigmarole and all this you know, uh, spin and, and just all this shystering, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, even though I didn't see it coming the way I did, a la a certain, in case we don't spoil it for you guys, a certain DiCaprio film, which was <laughs> very reminiscent, uh, in my opinion, just from the, uh, the visual there. Um, I mean, we kind of said it early on, like, there's no way with... Everything that is going on, this yeah. man is going to survive by the end like, of this like, this guy's going to be dead or a quadriplegic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, he was living on borrowed time, it felt like. In the midst of movie and TV show reactions, there's you know, such a busy schedule around here. Who's got time to prep gourmet meals? Well, that's where Factor steps in. Factor is a game changer, delivering chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals right to your door. It's not just about dinner. They've got your whole day covered with snacks, smoothies, and more. Whether you're into keto, vegan, pescatarian like myself, or just looking Looking for something delicious and healthy? Factory has a variety of meals ready in two minutes flat. Imagine the luxury of gourmet meals without the hassle of prep or cleanup. It's like your personal chef making it easier to eat well amid our busy lives. And the best part? Factor's flexible to fit any schedule. Pick from six to 18 meals weekly, adjusting or pausing anytime life gets in the way. It's about making your life easier, giving you control and convenience without compromising on quality. With Factor's Gourmet Plus, even my hectic days get a gourmet touch. No more grocery runs, just pure deliciousness. So you ready to elevate your food game reject nation? Jump into factor75.com or click below with Real Rejects 50. You're in for a 50% off treat on your first box. Supporting them helps support the channel, but also supporting your health and time. Dive into the gourmet life, people. I mean, all And film. again, it's like it's it's constant points of no return. Like yeah. it's so What's yeah. this every time he like he 
yes, you've won. Like, stop right now. It's yeah. It's like you could end this. Yes. And, and then you find out that they're related, and you're like, oh man, like you're even more in a position to squash this and start something else or just, you know, kind of clear the ledger than, like, most people because you got that family connection. Oh, I can't even imagine his poor... I mean, as much as his family couldn't stand him, it's still their father and still his her husband. Yeah. And uh, Arnold, too, like, both of them were yeah. killed. In, I, I can't even imagine that the, that news that when they received that. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, at uh, that point. Yeah, insane. Uh, just a wild, stressful crazy time but again i was so grateful to see such a wonderful uh insane performance by adam sandler again i just oh yeah repeating myself i really hope he gets uh, he does a, more roles like this i really love seeing him just go outside of the norm of what he likes to do and i, oh, I just yeah. love seeing him in roles like this well and seeing him act off of uh, opposite like you know pretty power like you know judd hirsch has obviously like got a huge legacy in cinema i mean idina menzel is a hugely talented performer and it was cool obviously it's a, a treat to hear her sing but it's cool to see her just in a role you know you know in a dramatic role mm-hmm. uh lakeith stanfield like i loved seeing him and Howard play off each other. Yeah. Uh, Damani, like, and, and that whole thing too. Like, it's another character where you're wild. like, I don't know what to make of this guy because yeah. like, I like him kind of like, you know, you, you meet him and he seems like pretty likable. He's one of the few people who seems like maybe he's an ally at first and then that goes sour. And then, but he knows Howard stick at this point and he's just probably, well, and, and that's the thing is like, this seems like just a game in which everyone is going to be given the run around and, and finag, finag- Giggling and, yeah. and stretching the truth and making, you know, uh, uh, you know, shaky deals, you know, yeah. based off of a lick and a prayer. I, I was still so shocked. I mean, KG's an upstanding human being, but that was the most sho- one of the most shocking things to me is when he gave him the opal without getting the ring back. Yeah. Remember that? I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm glad he gave it to him, but I was like, I can't believe he like with gave it to him without getting his ring back. I was like, that he I- got the ring back at all. Oh, was, yeah. I yeah. Was well, he, had to, he had to trade his his 1973 New York Knicks ring for that, but still, uh, that was uh, quite uh, crazy. You never get to go back for it. Yeah, unfortunately, not going to get to go back for anything. Although, I know if that guy—I mean, he just pissed off the wrong that that guy Phil, I believe, is the character that was playing. He just pissed him off one too many times, and dude, sure. it was just unhinged. I mean, he locked him in a five foot room for four quarters, like two and a half, three hours. So, yeah, right. Uh, should we get into some? Yeah, you want to check a little bit of Triv? You can grab it on the telly, or you can do it from here. Whichever uh, you prefer, Andrizio. What, what, what's what's he been in before? Let's see, Keith William Richards. Oh, you gotta have that William in there, otherwise, uh, you know, oh, we might get confusion. It, uh, it might might get some confusion on a Jack Sparrow's father. Yes, this is a Rolling Stones biopic. Oh man, I guess he's only been in a few movies. Really? Yeah, Seems this is probably the highest profile thing he's been in. Yeah, he's actually. Pretty good. He was in Pony Boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah. oh, I knew guy. that voice sounded familiar. You're what do we got? Like, what are we gonna got? like this one? So Tilda Swinton, who <laughs> we make the Doctor Strange trip. Was she the the voice from Adley's? Oh Til- my god! Tilda Swinton doesn't appear on screen, but it is the voice of the auctioneer that Howard argues with over the phone. I knew that voice sounded familiar. Bad, I was about to say, is that sure. the ancient one? And we made the Doctor uh, Strange reference. That's well done. Uh, I'm giving you. I'm we giving we you, did it. No, you did it. Uh, Sue, so the film was inspired by this. 
the Safdie brothers. It's yeah. the directors. Uh, the Safdie brothers' father's time working as a salesman runner for a man also named Howard in the Manhattan Diamond District. The Safdie brothers and their father are also Jewish and avid basketball fans. Okay. Oh wow. Good hey. to know. Hey, and Natasha Leone had a had a voice cameo in here as well. Oh, okay. As, I just uh, got Boston so pro, uh, player manager. Got so many celebs in here. I'm still upset about the palm. How do you say her last name? Clementief, I yeah. believe. I'm so upset I didn't yeah. recognize it. It's okay. Uh, the Safdie brothers were so insistent on shooting on 35 millimeter film that they actually took a pay cut. Oh, that's that's something I, I would like to comment on. Yeah, because I mean, like the the construction of this movie was so. Uh, I mean, it has that kind of crazy. It, like it didn't do as many like long drawn out takes. I feel like part of there the was a lot of yeah. I mean, there's a lot of camera motion. There's a lot of editing, but like yeah, you, you really felt like the grit and the grain that actual film can bring you. And I thought that combined with the sound, because like again, <laughs> there's so much crosstalk. There's so much uh, you know chaos happening, and yet you have to find a way to guide you know the to sculpt the the piece so that it has dynamic within all that, so that yeah. it's not just a cacophony. And uh, and I thought the soundscape of the movie between the music, between the sound effects, between the, all the talk, uh, and how the actors have to interact with each other because of that, how the blocking has to be. Like I was constantly sitting here wondering like man how did they shoot this like what did they just like rehearse these scenes a million times and then just give people kind of license to improv a little bit and go or was this like meticulously planned out like there's so much in the film style that's like really evocative across who this. did the music by the way i'm just curious oh let's see let's see i caught the the credit at the top but i, I forgot what music it was. by daniel Lepatin? i don't know who that is uh-oh yeah. Lopatin. Lopatin. Adam Sandler wore false teeth and a fake dark mole on his right cheek for the role. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Oh. I thought the teeth might be. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you called that. Uh, So you see, who remember quit uh, from working for Adam Sandler's character at the beginning of the movie. Uh, He is played by a real life jeweler, Maksad Agajani. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Who was embroiled in a social media spat with rapper Takashi Six. Six nine. Six, nine. Uh, in 2018, over a $25,000 bracelet, he said he lent the performer and was never paid for. The wow. situation was covered by several hip-hop media news outlets. I guess life imitates art, right? Sure, Who's yeah. Just, um, do a couple more. Um, well, that's the thing, too, is, like, I mean, like, again, props to Kevin Garnett, because, like, this is the kind of role that you have to be kind of game to play that isn't just going to be like, oh, you showed up and it was fun and, and we're just reminded oh, that actually, we like you. Yeah, it's like acting was good in this. Yeah, and he's coming, and, is, and as a character, he's coming to a seedy place, you know, to do business that, you know, I don't know, like, not everybody would probably want to engage with or something like that. So I got to imagine, too, that this is kind of, not not exactly a one to one glimpse in like into like celebrity jewelry buying culture, but you know it's at least uh, you got again you got to be game for you know having your image intermingle with a movie like this. It's right. as safe about that as having like LeBron James show up in Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, you know? although we did get Le- LeBron James mentioned this film, and oh yeah, that so they did have Doc Rivers just do his voice because yeah. we heard in the locker room. Yeah, that makes sense. It did sound like him. I'll just do like two more, I guess. Um, Find some juicy ones, Andrew. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is interesting. What do we got? Adam Sandler's base salary for acting in a film is usually $20 million. 
Okay. The entire budget for this film was $19 million. Wow. He must have really wanted to do this. Oh, well, uh, speaking of which, yeah. we're not going to count this one. Adam Sandler's uh, wife convinced him to take on the role after reading the screenplay and watching the film Good Time. Sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, thank you, Jackie Tatone. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um. All right, let me find yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, take this opportunity, man. These dudes want to build a movie around you. <laughs> I don't know if you'll be a likable character, but go for it because yeah. it will be a distinct cinematic experience. <laughs> um. All right, let's go with a Kevin Garnett one. Let's do this. Kevin Garnett was cast as the NBA star only after The Weeknd was cast in the film as himself. The Safties looked for NBA players oh, sure. who were active at the same time that The Weeknd was a public person performing shows in New York City in 2012. Garnett was cast for his performance in the 2012 NBA playoffs that matched the plot of the film. Wow. One great game, one subpar game, and one and another great game, all in relatively short period of time, games five to seven of the 2012 <laughs> Eastern Conference semifinals, and all in close proximity to New York City games were played in Boston and Philadelphia. Garnett also expressed an interest in acting. Kind of reminds me of Fever Pitch. The Drew Barrymore, you never saw it? Nope. I won't spoil it, but <laughs> yeah, what please. was happening when the Fairley brothers were making that film, what ended up happening in the film, they were not expecting, so they rolled with it, and, and it's so hard to continue talking because you haven't seen it, but ended up happening in real life, so they infused it into the plot, and I'll just leave it at that. So it's interesting, again, life imitating art. I'll just say that again. Yeah. So, um, But that's... Cool, interesting points that they that they like they saw what was happening in the playoffs and then like okay since that already happened, I mean when did this film come out 2019 so that happened seven years prior yeah. so they're like okay we're gonna this already happened so we'll we'll just use that whereas the one in Fever Pitch that was happening at the time of making it so that's like gotcha. that's a little crazier than oh this happened seven years ago that's why we're gonna make it in 2012 that's though smart though yeah, I no, mean no, that's no, a smart. fun Mix. way yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. a fun way to 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 give it time and place without having to be too explicit about it. And it does give it a sort of not completely timeless because obviously they're using cell phones, but because you're removed in time and they've got like older looking phones and stuff like that, it does give it at least a, a hint of that. Yeah. And then, yeah, to have those games, like that's a really cool choice. And then to have that lead to Kevin Garnett being in the movie, like, yeah, is it really like, there's a lot of alive elements and, to a film like this. And this film had me doing something I thought I'd never do again. Apologies to Roxy and Coy for saying this. I was cheering for the Boston Celtics. So. Oh, look yeah. out. You traitor, Andrew. Respect to, uh, to you guys. But, yeah, I'm a Lakers fan. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, do you have any final thoughts on uh, this film? Uh, no, just I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was every bit as effective as I was told it would yes, be. Yes. I'm very impressed by the performances and the filmmaking. Yes, Adam Sandler, job. Well done. Uh, like, yeah, the, if I could ever make something, I don't know if I would want to make a movie that makes you feel like this movie does. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like just the amount of really evocative cinematic craftsmanship yeah. here was was it, quite uh, impacting. If there's a lesson <laughs> to be learned here, I am not going to ever gamble or get into a tailspin <sighs> of what uh, Howard got into. So thank you for the lesson to be learned here from the filmmakers and from Howard. Uh, so oh, yeah. that I'm a, not that I was going to, but this definitely make me ever think twice about that and i hope the rest of you gambling is an addiction so um yeah. anyways um this was a lot of well i don't know fun's the uh, word but uh it's a definitely a ride a pleasure doing it with pleasure, my brother sir. from another mother Giannizio, and uh, also always a blast doing this with you guys um yeah let us know in the comment section what did you think about uncut gems is again is this one of your 
favorite uh, Adam Sandler performances. I don't know if I'm going to say films, but one of your favorite performances from Adam Sandler. Are there any other films like this or any other Adam Sandler films you'd like us to do? Little Nicky for him. Eh, Definitely Little Nicky. Got to. Got to. Little Nicky for him. Uh, Anyways, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Absolutely. Peace. Peace. Flav Doran. Flav. Flavor Flav. If I were a bicycle, (laughs) I would let you ride on me with a a little toupee (laughs) and a baguette. Yeah. At the same time. And a striped shirt. And a striped shirt. <laughs> the zebra colored striped shirt. Yes. I would a little beret. I would love no toupee. A little toupee. Toupee. On top of a beret. Toupee. I couldn't pull the word beret. So I went with toupee. <laughs> He's got a toupee. And you gotta stick and commit. <laughs> He's got to a toupee. He lost I the beret. Fail. The beret flew off, it, but the toupee remained. The toupee remained because it's a reliable toupee. <laughs> it is. And not that you need it because you got no. a head full of gorgeous hair. But the option is appreciated. But it is your way of showing support. Yes. When you stole off at a fellow bald man <laughs> to wear it to show your solidarity with other bald people in the bald community because it's a movement that is, is happening in your neck of the woods. And I am glad to see that they have someone on their side who may not indeed be bald, but is probably but who's pretending to be. Pretending to be is now getting, you know, Accused of cultural appropriation for people who are bald <laughs> Don't. by wearing a toupee. My hair condition is not your Halloween costume. I need the bald community to know. Flev had good intentions the whole time. This is true. This, the whole purpose was to show his support for you guys, not to create an enemy here. And frankly, if you guys come charging his way during the day, he's going to see you coming a mile away with the sun shining off all your heads. Uh, that's right, going after the bald community that's now. That's right. He's going to whip that toupee off and use all it to of fly off all into the, the bald, sunset. All the bald people. Yeah. They're all going all down. The <laughs> They're all going down. And it's the just, shaved head people, too. Oh, yeah. You know, same diff. The, you know who you, you know, are. More like shamed head people Ooh. because they just don't like their own hairs. So they Ooh. shave their head. Like, get out of here. Embarrassing. Get out of here. Get my scalp. You're not really bald and posers. Anyway, Flev. <laughs> Um, I, I know this makes a lot of sense, everything that we're saying, because only you speak the language that we're speaking. That's true. Um, That's true. I want to appreciate the amount of pressure in watching Hunter Hunter. Yes. I want to appreciate <laughs> Really, really dr- keeping there's, us on it. There's you and someone else who just keep commenting. Zero and and, and, and I, I feel like you just keep us on track. And with so much Marvel coming out, you're going to have a marvelous dude, year. I feel it, dude. I feel it's going to reflect. Explosion. Sprinkle of love, just like that butterfly guy. Marvel Hunter sprinkles. Hunter. Oh, poof. poof. My poof. Best character ever. That's who you are. Yeah, you are a poof at the yeah, channel. Man. Keep wearing You're sheer poof. outfits. YouTube, I'm flav. talking about a character, not the British derogatory <laughs> slang for a certain group of people. Yes. I'm talking about character. Uh-huh. Goodbye, poof. <laughs> <laughs>